Hey guys, it's Sean G here with the Sean G Podcast for another episode. I uh, hope everybody's doing good. It is a crazy world we living in right now. With all this COVID stuff going on and everything happening, it, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive. That's, that's, definitely, uh, that's definitely a fact right now. So, you know, uh, I just wanted to give this podcast, hopefully I can shed some light in your, on your or in your day. Um, I know everybody's probably at home, social distancing, self-isolating, all that. So I wanted to kind of talk to you today about a couple things in going on uh, involving real estate and involving COVID-19. So recently, if you guys follow me, once again, guys, my uh, Instagram is Sean Gandhi, S-H-A-W-N-G-A-N-D-H-I. And my email is G-A-N-D-H-I dot S-H-A-W-N. Please, man, feel free. Please, guys, sorry, I mean, guys, feel free to drop me a line, send me a, send me some questions, and, you know, uh, give me your feedback. Today, I really wanted to answer some of the questions I got. I, I recently did an Instagram post um, about soliciting, trying to get some questions for me to answer on this podcast, and uh, it, was, it was, I was quite happy with the response I got. A bunch of people messaging me with some questions, concerns, so I wanted to get a little bit into that as well. So I'll start with one of the first questions, and, and forgive me if I'm all over the place, but I'm going to try to answer these as, uh, you know, as uh, in, in, in the right order as, as, uh, that I can. So let's start with one question I got was from Sonny Badial, the dentist uh, of SAC, and he asked, what's your outlook on Trump opening the USA uh, on April 12th, the Easter deadline. Well, I think Trump just came out last night and kind of shut it down for the month. So uh, definitely, in the, and we're talking about the month of April. So definitely, guys, this pandemic that we're going through, this COVID-19, it's, it's not going to go away overnight. And the strategy, uh, I think Trump was being quite ambitious in trying to open up everything. And you can't really blame him because the toll this is going to take on the economy is quite severe uh and guys if you guys have been watching stocks or any of that you guys can kind of see it's all over the place and to be honest there's no numbers for it to be all over the place for like it's basically just all off sentiment so it's kind of been all over the place and and you could see how people usually uh, use the stock market as a barometer for how successful the economy is doing, how well the economy is doing. So uh, definitely um, Trump's heart was in the right place by trying to get everything started up. Uh, but I think his cabinet and his inner circle was kind of advising him to kind of just shut it down for the month of April and uh, and to avoid as many deaths as possible. Um, and, and he kind of obliged. So last night he did a, or what, depending on which day you're listening to this, just recently he did, uh, you know, uh, an address to the nation and he kind of, uh, shut, shut down everything till April 30th. And I, I mean, it makes complete sense. Um, this whole social distancing thing is, is that's the strategy they decided to use, and probably going to be the most effective strategy there is. So uh, right now, in terms of, the, you know, through the democratic countries. So definitely, um, 
you know, uh, that's not happening anymore, Sonny. So at the end of the day, uh, that question is kind of really irrelevant. But thanks for the question. So uh, I got another question about uh, the next question I got was about the housing bubble. And how do I think uh, the housing bubble like some people tend to think that we lived in a housing bubble in the GTA. Okay, I share a completely different perspective on this. And I feel as if the real estate in the GTA and the Toronto, for that matter, was severely underpriced for a long time. So if we were really, really underpriced and now we were just, you know, getting to the levels where, uh, you know, we're one of the most dominant markets in the world regarding real estate. And definitely we were adjusting to that where we should have been all along. So I think uh, that's what's happening. And it's not a housing bubble we're living in. It's more so, it's it's really what we're experiencing right now is a health crisis. So it's affecting every sector of the market. And it's going to affect every sector of the market uh, every which way. And it's really sad that um, a virus like this can rip through humanity the way, the way it is. Uh, it's, it's really time to understand that you know, it's affecting every industry from restaurants to uh, nightlife to uh, even sports, uh, entertainment, uh, manufacturing, real estate, every which way. So it's important to understand that this uh, sort of sorry, guys, the thing that we're going through now has a ripple effect through the whole market and economy for that matter. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of reports have been coming out about some of the numbers and the numbers in real estate as it correlates uh, to uh, what's happening around the world. So right now our numbers are still pretty much up. So you, you, those, those, those articles and numbers are not really relative to what's been happening because the last week or two weeks uh, prior to this, you know, things were still closing, things were still uh, moving forward as they, as they should and as they have to. So, uh, now is kind of where we're starting to feel, okay, uh, are more listings hitting the market? Uh, the buyers have slowed down. So I, I, from a from a perspective of somebody who's in the market, I can definitely tell you um, the buyer's activity has changed, okay? So maybe, I'm sure even listings have changed somewhat because uh, people selling their house do not necessarily want and any outsiders entering their home right now. So definitely that's had its effect. Uh, and buyers have definitely changed uh, the way they're spending right now. They've adjusted. And it's not to say that, you know, uh, their money has changed or anything like that. More so their sentiment has changed. They want to see where the chips are going to fall. Uh, no, consumer confidence is not at an all-time high. So a lot of people are waiting. So I got another question on my podcast uh, about... Should you list right now or should you wait? So, I mean, it's a little bit too early to tell. I would not personally list right now. Uh, I would wait a little bit and see where things are going. Um, if you think the market is going to fall even greater and we're going to fall into a big recession, then yes, you would like to list it now. I mean, if you're a buyer, definitely there are some deals to be had right now. As the listings have kind of come up a little bit, 
Uh, it's possibly the demand has just gone down. So the listings are now available for a longer period of time. Their days on market are longer and that sort of thing. And you're not necessarily having to run into that multiple offer situation, which, which we were in three weeks ago, four weeks ago, a month ago. Um, we had very strong growth from January to February, uh, 14% increase just from January to February. So, uh, in March, if you look at the numbers, the numbers are not going to be representative of what's happening in the market right now. You'd have to look at the numbers in the last week or two in order to really gauge where our market is at. But I personally would not list right now. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're in a situation where, uh, you know, you don't, you're at risk or if it's a vacant property, then your situation may be a little bit different. Uh, you're not worried too much about how many people are entering the property or, or, uh, you know, because you're not going to be coming back, returning there and touching all the things that they've touched. So, I mean, it really depends on the situation, but I would hold off on selling, uh, right now, uh, the effects of mortgage deferrals. Okay. So guys, there's a lot been, been being made, uh, about the deferrals in the GTA uh, in Canada, Canada on the whole. So the big banks are kind of trying to do their part. Uh, as you guys know, in Canada, we basically have, I think it, what is it? Five major banks, CIBC, Scotia, BMO, Royal Bank, TD. <coughs> I think that's all we got. But yeah, they, they basically, um, they, they, so let's talk a little bit of the effects of the mortgage deferrals. Guys, it's important for you to understand if you're talking, uh, if you're talking to me about it, my perspective would be do not defer your mortgage unless you absolutely have to. Okay. So again, my advice on it and listen, everybody's situation is different. So I could understand if you have to, I understand that, that then, then really you have no option, but if you don't have to, and just think of it like, Hey, I, I, I think I should just defer my mortgage just cause everybody's doing it. Don't do it. Um, there's, there's a really helpful article on this on, uh, the Royal bank of Canada, uh, website. And it's called, uh, what is this called? Thinking about skipping a mortgage payment. So basically if you go to, and I'm just trying to pull it up here, uh, royalbank.com slash mortgages slash skip dash a dash payment. I think it's.com. Yeah.com. And you go to that website, so it can give you a little bit of an estimator. So if, if we go into the estimator and let's say your mortgage payment amount. Okay. Before I get into how much it's really going to cost you on the back end, there is a credit credit check sort of against your, uh, a hit against your credit. There's that rumor out there. Now every bank will have its different sort of, uh, guidelines and different sort of things they're doing. So it's important for you to check with your specific bank on what their process is. Read the fine line, uh, read the fine print. So make sure you kind of delve into what impact it has. If it has any impact on your credit score, if it has any impact on, you know, just, just, the whole ripple effect that that has on your mortgage. So that's number one. Number two, uh, just to talk to you about how much it's going to cost you. So I'm giving you a conservative number here. I'm going to uh, straight from the Royal bank website. Again, uh, skip a payment, uh, from the Royal bank website. So if my mortgage payment amount would, let's say be, let's take a, let's take $3,000. Okay. Cause I think $3,000, would be a good uh, sort of uh, 
you know, uh, like a measure to use. So let's go $3,000. Let's say our amortization is 20 years. And let's say our interest rate was 3%. Okay. So this $3,000 payment that you deferred could cost you $2,301.23. So skipping a $3,000 payment could cost you $2,300. So now multiply that by six. Uh, quick math, 23, 23 times six, uh, it could cost you $13,800 if you defer all six months. So, I mean, guys, it's important to understand, uh, the banks are doing what's in their interest as well. Obviously they are helping out and trying to, you know, uh, help consumers a little bit, but they're still making their, their money. They're, they're basically making that interest and that interest is going to keep accruing and they're just going to add that interest to your payments, maybe add some extra payments onto the back end of your mortgage or whatever it is. So guys, it's important to understand that it is going to cost you. Maybe it'll cost you over a longer period of time, but it is going to cost you. So, I mean, if, if, if you don't need to do it, don't do it. It's, you're just costing yourself at the end of the day. And basically you're just cheating yourself. So if you have to do it, obviously guys, I understand. Uh, but it's important to know that it in the long run, it is going to cost you more money. Okay. Um, let's talk a little bit about COVID-19 and pre-construction. So I know a lot of people pre-construction, the GTA is faced was facing with was faced with a housing demand crisis. So along with that, we had supply, we had low supplies. So pre-construction has been a very good avenue for people to invest, make money, uh, you know, get into the market, have their have their money grow proportionally with our real estate market without necessarily having to get a mortgage. It provided a lot of people an investment that outperformed stocks like crazy. Okay. And pretty, pretty much you could yield almost nowhere near that amount of money in any other investment. So pre-construction has been a big part of our, our industry down here. That's, that's like a very like a booming industry. Okay. So how does this COVID-19 affect construction in Tarion. So I know that if you were closing a property now, it affects your PDI. It may affect some of your closing day. Some home inspectors were not willing to come out. Some banks are backed so backed up with what's going on. They're delaying closing. So guys, it's important to understand things are getting delayed. If you are waiting on your pre-construction property, it's definitely going to get delayed. Definitely. Um, so the, I have a good article on my website about this, about Tarion, about the, the, about the, you know, the, uh, notice that a builder needs to give you and all that. So you could check that out on my website, S H A W N G A N D H I.com. Again, that's S H A W N G A N D H I.com. And that will tell you what steps the builder needs to take to inform the consumer about how delayed their property is going to be because it is, it, it's not completely unfair the way they have it set up. So uh, there's one, uh, undelayed, uh, uh, like I forgot the two, uh, different types of, uh, reasons why they could, but I remember one of them was called the delay your property, but I remember one of them was called the remobilization period. So, uh, definitely, 
Tyrion, uh, you know, is 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 putting out those guidelines for builders to follow in order to let you know and give you some sort of outlook on when your property, what what, what you should expect uh, in your closing and your delays of your new pre-construction property. I got another question here uh, on my through my Instagram stories. Once again, guys, thank you for that because I need that to keep the content coming. Should builders waive or defer occupancies? So definitely, in my opinion, they should. I'm not definitely sure that they can uh, because buildings still need to run and uh, whether they can or not, uh, waive or defer them would depend on their financial situation. I know there was one condo downtown and I'm trying to remember the name. I think it was the Toy Factory Lofts um, that that deferred one of their uh, maintenance fees. So, I mean, definitely condo corps are free to kind of do this kind of thumb thing. Remember, you are you are governed like everybody, all the owners of a condo uh, basically own a share in your in your building. So you, you all have say, and you guys are definitely kind of running your buildings. So through a de democratic process. So everybody has a say in whether, you know, you guys defer or don't defer or whatever it is. But, you know, everybody has that say in your building of what, what you can do. So definitely uh, check with your condo board or even suggest to your condo board that maybe you guys can uh, defer some of your maintenance fees or, or do something of that nature so that it can make it easier on residents. Uh, definitely remember, it's still going to come out. It is a toy factory loft. So the toy factory lofts did decide that they were going to put, uh, um, uh, uh, they were, they were going to delay, uh, sorry, defer one of their maintenance fees to kind of, um, help. And you, you could definitely suggest this to your board, or if you're actively, uh, take part on your board, then you can definitely sort of try to implement this in your building. Another question I got is if I just put a deposit on a pre-construction property, are they going to change the deposit structure? Okay. So first of all, if you just purchased a property, maybe T minus, you know, a couple of days, given how the situation is changing on a daily basis, things are changing so much. So, I mean, as long as you're not so far out from your cooling period, you may uh, want to touch base with the developer. If you're in that little sweet spot where, you know, things were, went from not serious to serious, then maybe you can talk to uh, the builder about your pre-construction purchase. Okay, that's number one. If you're in that sweet spot, I think a developer may entertain the conversation. Not to say that they'll do something for you. They may. Uh, it's up to their discretion, obviously. But uh, if you're in that sweet spot, okay? If you just put a deposit on a pre-construction property, like what's going to happen with with your deposit structure? So, okay, it's, it's important to note some of the builders may be a little bit more lenient with their the way they collect their deposits and the way they cash their deposits. But it's also important to note that they may not. So that's just something you got to roll with. And, you know, I saw a lot of pre-construction. I've got over 50 calls in the last week about, are they going to defer the payments? And, and guys, the best plan of action would be 
to call because everybody's payment is at a different time. Uh, everybody's maybe at a different juncture in their deposit schedule. So it's really important to find out. You could possibly have your lawyer contact them and just find out throughout a quick email. If you're in a situation where you've lost your job and the situation has just, you know, uh, gotten tight for you, then you may want to just uh, have your lawyer touch base with the builder lawyer and talk about it. Uh, you know, definitely don't try to take advantage of the system because, you know, builders usually through KYC or FinTrack, the builders know what you do because you've listed it on, uh, you know, you've told them, you've disclosed that to them and, and that sort of thing. So, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, act in good faith and the builder will most probably act in good faith too. So, you know, uh, it's really important for you to have that conversation if you need to. So, uh, guys, remember this. I, I really want you to remember this. A lot of people seem to think that, okay, uh, there's going to be like a crazy uh, recession where, you know, properties are coming up dirt cheap and this and that. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to really talk about something. So pre-construction properties, the reason why it really did well, like one of the reasons why it really did well in this country and city and uh, I mean the greater Toronto area and Toronto uh, pers uh, in particular is because a lot of people had the disposable income. So that's very, very key to understanding whether uh, what's going to happen moving forward. So if somebody in a, in a pre-construction property, most of the time in any condo dwelling, you have possibly 15 to 20% down. So now think about that for a second. If you have 15, 20% down, you're basically telling me you can, a condo can go from worth 500,000 to 400,000 with you still being able to manage that property. Basically uh, saying that, you know, the property can go down 20% in value and you're not, you're not going to die. You're not going to, you know, go bankrupt because that, that property goes down 20%. You have that 20% buffer. And most, the, most of the people I deal with in the GTA have that 20% down, have that heavy down payment. So in properties that have heavy down payments, there, there should really be no issue carrying that property. Cause as you say, with a traditional 20% down at a, at a reasonable mortgage rate, uh, you definitely find that, um, people are able to rent their properties for positive cash flow. So I don't think we're going to see an influx of just, you know, uh, properties that are fire sailed out there and just, I can't get any money. Just get me my money back. I, I don't care. I don't care. It's, it's not really, that's not the type of market uh, we are in, in Toronto and the GTA. So uh, I want to, I want to really, I wanted to really address that because people seem to think that, oh, there's going to be a whole bunch of real estate buying opportunities, which there will, which there will. But I don't think to the extent of, you know, there's going to be about a lot of foreclosures, a lot of just, you know, properties out there for just, you know, uh, like dirt cheap. Keep in mind, guys, a lot of the rate cuts these banks have done are for existing mortgage holders now. So if you go to sign up for a variable, I, I know I had a property and within a month's time, that rate changed almost, I, I, I want to say almost a percent and a half 
unfortunately, due to the circumstances, uh, my property closed late February, very early March. Uh, we were not in a pandemic at that time. I don't think they, they declared a pandemic at that time. And my mortgage rate dropped a really, really sick. I think we started at 2.89 and we're, we're right now at 1.39. So that's important to understand because that will help me carry that property uh, and help me pay down more of my principal. Uh, actually, my payment isn't really going to change, but it'll help me pay down more of my principal. And it does put me in a position where uh, I'm almost touching my principal, almost like it's like free money, they say. But it's important to understand that the banks are doing that and helping, you know, that those rate cuts are helping existing homeowners. So I got some calls about, hey, can I lock in the mortgage rate? Variable rate, if you look at it, it it's it's plus right now. So the, the banks are charging, you know, prime plus. When previous to this, they were going prime minus. And the fixed rate is actually, they adjusted it to make it a little bit higher. So, you know, the way they're offsetting their, the banks are offsetting this, this, you know, uh, savings that they're, they're, the consumers are getting is basically they're getting it with, they're, they're offsetting it with the new mortgages. So it's important to understand that. So that is definitely going to help existing homeowners. So in a, in the, sorry, just to get back to, uh, if you put a deposit down on your pre-construction and what's happening and all that, the, the best thing to do is contact the builder, have your lawyer contact them. You can contact them. Uh, but just, just guys at a time like this, don't take, don't try to take advantage of the system. Understand, you know, uh, th this is, this is something that certainly nobody foreseen and it's an unfortunate circumstance. It's rippling. It has a ripple effect on the whole economy. So, you know, act in good faith right now and hopefully things will bounce back and become uh, nice and rosy pretty soon. So guys, that's all I got for today. Uh, if you got any more questions, got any more feedback for me, G-A-N-D-H-I dot S-H-A-W-N at gmail.com. Again, G-A-N-D-H-I dot S-H-A-W-N at gmail.com. Stay isolated, guys.